0: Let's go ahead and get started. This is um, session two, and you are in the joy now. If that's the one you were hoping to be in, you're in the right place. Even if it's not the one you were hoping to be in, you're in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay put, young lady. God wants you here for a reason. Let's pray. Father God, you are good, and we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for our time together this morning. And now, I'm doing this session. I just ask once again that you would guard my heart and my mind. Protect my words, and just give us that good focused attention that we need right now to be present in this time. Go before us and on the rest of the campus with the other breakout sessions going on. Just bless these ladies as we all hear your word right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, how many of you remember? I'm, I'm really into commercials today, apparently, from my illustrations. But how many of you remember the Calgon take me away? People? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take me away. Right. Take me away. And the lady, and she's got the, the candles around her bathtub, and it's one of those really beautiful spa bathtubs. And she says, "Calgon, take me away." And she's got like the screaming kid and the scenario and the background <laughs> and the demanding yeah. boss. And the husband or whatever, her interest is, come oh, on, take me away. Anyone relate yes. to that moment, right? Uh, we've all been in that season or day or minute of our life, over <laughs> and over again, um, where we just like, I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle this. I need a vacation. Um, I'm just surviving right now. And you feel like it's just crisis after crisis after crisis. And little ones and big ones, natural things that happen, you know, in life, our lady parts sagging. And the not so natural things in our life, like our lady parts sagging. <laughs> Come on, why? So the, my intention in this workshop today is to help us to rethink stress. And rethink joy. And as women of faith, like I said in our morning session, it's really important that we, as we claim the name of Jesus Christ, that we really know what that means and know what that looks like in real life. Not just put it on like a name tag. I'm a Christian. Right? So, I think there's a certain degree at which we all are aware of the difference between joy and happiness. You know, been happy that they had the perfectly ripe avocados just in time for the refresh. That was actually quite awesome that it worked out that way for us. That so that brings you a great deal of happiness, and if I'm going to be honest, joy. joy. I'll, just, I'll just move it over into the joy category. Um, but we, ha- we do have a sense, I think I don't need to tell you that there's a difference, that happiness is transient and joy is deep in, inside of us. So my talk today is not going to be about, you know, don't just be happy, we really need to have joy as Christians. And i um, got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart and all that. I'm not going to be singing that song together today, although that's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm going to go on the assumption that you have a basic understanding of the difference between happiness and joy. So I apologize if you're sitting there going, I don't really know. Let's talk afterwards. And I'm, I am being serious on that. I, I would love to help you understand that. But I want to spend my time more this morning um, talking about um, what I am seeing uh, creep into uh, our lives as women, in particular Christian women, uh, because what the world does with their happiness or their joy doesn't really bother me too much. Like they don't know they don't know Jesus. They don't know the difference anyway. I am a pastor. My heart is to minister to women who claim the name of Jesus and train you to evangelize and and move out there and do all that. So my my motivation in writing this workshop for us today came from multiple, multiple interactions I've had with women over the last several years, who are saying things like I said in my opening: "I can't handle this anymore. I need a vacation. I need to get out. I need to be. I'm done." And uh, a little bit, I alluded to that in our in my talk with you this morning. Um, in part, I I'm going to just say this before I go any further: Hear my heart. there's a great deal of likelihood that what I'm going to say this morning, you're going to be irritated with me about it. Sorry. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, it's just possibility. I might poke you a little bit close, but I don't know all of you. So if I poked you close, let's just imagine that was the Holy spirit and not me. (laughs) (laughs) And if I do know you close, some of you know that I know you a little bit better than others. I I did not write with like, Oh, I'm going to make sure ISIS gets the point this morning. (laughs) ISIS. (laughs) don't go there. But I do that when the preacher is preaching. You're like, you know, it's a little close to home. So I'm just going to say that. And um, I just want you to hear my heart, because I've, I've wrestled with all this stuff and I'm going to share with you today. I'm not sitting on um, you know high stool. Oh, I actually am. But, <laughs> 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 um, but I'm not up here with all Judgy McJudgerson on you people, because I do all the same stuff, so that's the only reason why I can speak with a little degree of experience and integrity on what I want to share with you this morning. So it's a human experience to go through trial. It's not unique to us as Christians. We just have all the Bible verses to go with it. Like, expect trial. you That's what you signed up for. I mean, that's basically that verse that says, in this world you will have Troubles. trouble and tribulation. But be of good cheer. cheer, for I have overcome the world. And those verses... Again, hear my heart here, don't be heretical here. Those verses, well and good as they are, become 50 little platitudes that we can just stick on our name tag and we can pat someone on the back in the middle of when we're trying to encourage them to have joy now when we say, In this world we'll have tribulation, be of a good cheer, suck it up, buttercup, you know, like how is that even helpful? <laughs> the answer is it is not. It is not helpful. And so if we can pull back a little tighter into why we actually end up in that moment of I, I shouldn't be saying it like this I'm done I'm out I' I want this to end I know better I'm a Christian I have to expect trials and tribulations. If we can wind, if we can wind back from that to what the core is that where did that actual thought process initiate I think that will be more satisfying. In addition to that, there is a difference between your the trial that Jesus is talking about in tribulation and you having another root canal. <laughs> that that's not the trial or tribulation. I don't know, you know. It, it's annoying. It's frustrating, but it's part of the fallen world. So let's be careful. Also, then what we put in the category category. Um, consider this. <laughs> I'm like trying to edit myself, be really careful. All right. So, we're <laughs> friends. You guys like me. You get me right now. You're going like, you to write bad reviews about me on Yelp later, are you? <laughs> You can. $50. It won't do you any good. Anyway, I'll yeah. still talk like this at the next one. Anyway, remember Loverboy, the band? No. Come on, everybody's what working, working for the weekend? Okay, all right, good. So I'm like, Are the reference a really naughty band in that church. That's the mentality that this world has, isn't it? Everybody's working for the weekend. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really embrace the life I'm in right now because I'm just working for the weekend. That's the mentality that this that this world has. And our society has really done a good job at programming us in that mindset. Everybody's working for the weekend with our Calgon Take Me Away commercials, with our You Deserve a Break Today commercials, with Everybody's Working for the Weekend. Thank you, lover boy, for that. And in actual the vacation industry, people selling us vacations, they all make it sound like you've got to escape the life you're in to have something fun and hold yourself up enough so that when you get back you can survive what you're in only to someday eventually end up in a vacation again. And while we can point to the world and advertising to say that they're at fault for you know creating that need inside of us the reality is we do it. we do it. That's us. We want the pain to end. We want the the trial to stop. We want the difficulty to go away. We want the relationships to be more natural and not so exhausting. And we just want it done. We want it to be easier, right? But when we get ourselves in that type of a mindset, it's really a setup for disappointment. Because we end up with this, are you kidding me? Mindset. What else is next? Mindset. Because nothing that I'm actually working for out there, the lover boy song, working for the weekend, the cow gone, take me away, that bathtub's going to drain and you're going to be left with the ring around it. You're going to have to clean up later. That trip's going to be over and you're going to come back to California and the smog and the traffic and your boss and, you know, somebody eating your good cheese. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) happen. None of that out there lasts. So here's my second, hear my heart. Where's this my third one? Fourth. You need to take a break. So this isn't me going, you know, suck it up and you, you know, you should just survive it anyway. I'm not going there. So don't be like, oh no, what are you going to tell me? It's really hard right now. I'm not going to tell you that. But I'm going to ask you to really rethink your mindset on this. Yes, you do need a break. Yes, you do need to relax. You do need you time. Okay. You do need to pamper yourself. But we can do better. Ladies as godly women. can do better than to talk like this amongst one another Um, on that day when you're really exasperated and you need to let it out please have an avocado worthy friend that you can tell that to please have someone in your life that you can trust with your heart who won't just stab your cheese with a fork that sounded mean against my husband, I love my husband I didn't mean that, he's so super duper avocado worthy in his own special special way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he he can, that's the thing is he can stab my cheese with his fork anytime now you people are different don't you show up with your fork and stab my cheese let me get to know you better and then i'll let you know if you can do that <laughs> so take give yourself a break and have people in your life that are willing to hear your heart i can handle you when you're just at that i can't handle this any moment anymore moment please hear my heart on that i'm not saying don't talk like that I'm saying be careful how you allow that to continually define how you move through your life. Be careful how you allow that kind of Calgon take me away mindset to define how you're moving through your day and how you're surviving your job and your relationships. Be careful with that kind of mindset and ask God to check your heart on on if that really has seeped in to how you're you're living and how you're moving through your life. What we need to make sure that we are always, always, always doing is that we're aligning our our thoughts, our mindset, our plans, our planners, like literally our planners, with God's word. Because that's a setup for disappointment, to have the Calgon take me away, Hawaii... Um, wherever vacation moments, because it doesn't last. You're going to come back to, like I said, after the Calgon drains out of the, the, the tub, it doesn't work because turns out when you go there in the bathtub and you go there to vacation land and you go there to having your next you know party or whatever it is that you're living for the weekend on, it doesn't actually end up working because turns out you took yourself there. You're there. You didn't get to transmogrify your little personality and all your problems. And nobody else fixed themselves either. You just changed locations and everything looks pretty for a moment when you come back to reality. And in addition to that, you keep on needing more intensity of that getaway. You just need an entire box of Calgon now, right? You're going to add your you know, essential oils to it or whatever. Really beef it up. So what we end up functioning like really is addicts. We're acting like addicts. Because you need a better, stronger fix. And the core of that problem and that issue stems from how we were actually created. Number one, we're created for community. We're created for community. Now, we're in a little community right here in this room. But the community I want to focus on right now is the community that you were created with God. I'd like you to think all the way back to Genesis 1, and what God first did. And if you go to Bible City here, you've heard me say this so many times. What God did is just one possible way that he could have done. Think about that. Like he could have spoken everything into existence and boom, had the earth populated. But he didn't. He didn't speak into existence millions and billions of people and populate the earth instantaneously. And he could have, could he not? what did he do when he created the world he created this entire environment for us first and then he did what one guy one man did he have to do that he could have popped out two of them right a guy and a girl he could have done a whole society but he brings out one man why i believe it's a model for what we're created for one god one man us and him united so we're created for community, and first that community is with God. And if we miss that, everything else starts falling apart after that. Next, we're created for community with ourselves. And I think we missed that part too. Adam was alone with God for a while. He didn't just grab, his, grab a rib and make Eve right away. He had time with God for a while. So if we're going to go back to how things are and how things could have been, I mean, how things were and how things could have been before sin, let's go way, way, way back and think about that. We were created for community with God. We were created for community with ourselves. Nobody else chattering around. Nobody else but just me and God and inside my own head. That alone time. And so with that, I'd like you ladies to... encourage you and some of you will find this very easy to do and it comes very naturally to you and some of you will find this more challenging and even scary I've talked to women who say that that you would never do this but I want you to be okay with quiet Mm -hmm. I want you to be okay with being alone and I want you to be okay to feel I want you to be okay with quiet I want you to be okay with being alone And I want you to be okay with feeling, feeling sad, be okay with it, go there. Feeling crazy, (laughs) feeling overwhelmed, (coughs) feeling nothing, maybe you don't even have any feelings at all. You're just done and drained and you're just so used to surviving that you don't even have time for emotion. Be okay in the quiet. Be okay to feel. Be with yourself. And schedule it. Because you're going to go home from this workshop today. And you're like, that's a good idea. I need some alone time. God got it. She was right. And what are you going to do? Right back to work on Monday. Or Sunday. Right? And you're just going to keep going. And you're just going to keep doing. And you, you need to take time to be. Period. Full stop. B. So, we're created for community with God. We are created community within ourselves. And that's not some weird new age you get in touch with your higher self nonsense. That's literally how God ordered our hearts. Be okay with that. And then we need to be in community with one another. Look to your right. Look to your left. (laughs) Let her know. Look at her eyes. Actually, you know what? Look at your neighbor's eyes. What color are they? <laughs> <laughs> Purple. Yeah. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family. <laughs> We're brown. We're brown. Okay. I We need to be in community with God, with ourselves, and with others. We need to be in it, available for the easy relationships, the ones that just. It just fits like breathing. It's so simple to be in relationship with that person. You love it, you cherish it. But you need to be okay to be in community with the harder ones too. Here's the deal, and I'm not talking about toxic, destructive people. So please hear my heart on this. That's different. Don't, don't take, don't bring toxic people into your life continually. That's like on purpose drinking rat poison. Don't do that. It is. It's like rat poison. Don't do that. So if you need help defining who's being toxic in your life, you need to have a good therapist, or I'm free. Just call your <laughs> pastor Jennifer. Um, so I'm not talking about toxic people. I'm talking about harder, challenging relationships. No one on purpose gravitates, unless you've had a psychosis, and we can talk about that too. No one on purpose gravitates toward pain. Don't do that. You, you, we naturally move away from it. If you're healthy, you will. But... I want to challenge you to be okay with being in community with hard people, challenging people. You know why? Just listen. Here we go, ladies. God's giving you homework. <laughs> the challenging people in your life, and you're like, oh, that's my husband. The challenging people in your life, God gives you your homework. Some of you married your homework. Yep. Some of you were born into your homework. <laughs> Look at this yeah. whole family row right here. <laughs> <laughs> we can meet individually we can work it all out but you need to be in community with the, with the easy relationships and with the hard ones don't avoid the hard ones unless they're toxic rat poison and get help if you're not if you can't get away from those toxic that's totally different it's true you need, I need help sometimes too with that we need people who will be speak truth into our life with that <coughs> those easy relationships are that respite that we need where your brain doesn't have to think as hard these are the shoulder-to-shoulder relationships. And every now and then, you're pouring more into her. And then sometimes she's pouring more into you. Those are the, the easier ones. But it's mostly shoulder-to-shoulder. The challenging ones is when you're pouring and pouring and pouring into that person. You know what, though? God brought you into that person's life. And be okay with that for a season. And if you need help, again, this seminar is workshops on about boundaries. So if you need help with that, we can talk about that another time. But ask God to help you have discernment in that area. Next, you need to be in community with the world. Our source of pain often feels like it's the world. You remember that song? I'm sorry, I'm totally dating myself with all my metaphor and my examples today. So sorry about this, but "You and Me Against the World" for that song. (laughs) Sorry, you have to be like 50 or older to know. I'm so sorry. Can you sing it? You and Me Against the World. Sometimes it feels like you and me against the world. I I remember that. It's all put it up on YouTube or something, whatever you kids are doing these days. (laughs) Our source of pain oftentimes feels like it's the world. And Christians, we get a little weird about that amongst ourselves, our little communities. We need to be in community with the world. The world is lost too. And while it is a source of pain, it's part of God's creation, as broken as it is. And we shouldn't think of it as the enemy. We shouldn't hunker down in our church like little compounds here. <laughs> right? Because the enemy isn't the world. The enemy is Satan. The enemy is Satan. The world needs us. So we need to be in community in the world. When we, when we start thinking of the world as a necessary evil how bad the world is out there. I'm talking to Christian women. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ and you don't understand what I'm saying right now, we will talk about this another time. But for Christian women, we kind of get into this habit of saying, um, Oh, the world is so bad and the world is falling apart and the world, this and the world, that what ends up happening is when we constantly put it outside of us personally and outside of our own church communities is we become self righteous. We withdraw. It's too painful. We become victims in a weird way. And if the world's picking on us, and you you know, social media or the news, and if you're watching anything but Fox, like, ew, those evil people on MSNBC, sorry, people who love MSNBC, don't give me a bad Yelp (laughs) review. We become angry at the world. We avoid the world. But we need to be in community. And when we're continually cycling in and out of this mindset, I just need to get out, I just need to do this all to stop then we have this tendency to make the world the enemy, the bad guy, everything out there. I think we can do better. What if instead of surviving the crisis and the challenge and the difficulties that we're in, what if instead of just managing through the trial and getting all self-righteous about it, what if we really had God's perspective on all of that? And as I mentioned to you before, our favorite verse, oftentimes that comes up with this, is from John 16, 33. I said these things to you, that in in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And again, like I said earlier, God could have done it any way he wanted to, to get everything settled in and get us where he wants us to be. And he could have just, as soon as he said, a man got baptized and became a Christian, out you go. Like, you get ruptured right there. Everyone has a little individual rupture rapture moment. <laughs> Everybody else, suckers, they're staying around. <laughs> but that is not how God designed it to work. We say amen up from the water and up from the grave. We arose from baptism, what have you. And we still got to deal with the world. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. Why? I've overcome the world. So we shouldn't be flipping tables and, oh, the telecom take me away all the time in our mm-hmm. mindset. If you want to find out, and I'm sure most of you know this already, if you want to read just people who really have issues with the world and what's going on, read the Psalms. Listen to this out of Psalm 6. Our, first of all, our desire for relief. Our desire for relief is okay because it's natural. We were made to be whole. So let me just say that before I read this. Our desire for relief for, the, the, for it to end is a micro view of the ultimate. that God's going to redeem everything. That's why all good stories and all good movies and all good books that you read have a happy ending. We like to see character development. We like to see things resolve. People get better. Everything moves towards something positive. That's why when a movie and a story and a novel and a book or whatever end and it's very discordant and very difficult, we're like, that was not satisfying. It leaves you feeling really empty. Why? Because we were created for things to be wrapped up. So in a micro sense, your sense of I just want this all to be right is just exactly true. This earth is groaning for everything to be made right, but we don't we don't need to sit around and live in that mindset. Um, God is Christ has overcome the world. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm six. Psalm six, I love it so real. Oh Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O oh Lord, for I'm languishing. Heal me, O oh Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul is also greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? How long? Insert any other expletive in there. It's like, for crying out loud, Lord. (laughs) Turn, O Lord. Deliver my life. In other words, he's saying he feels like God's turned his back on him. And he's looking at the backside of God. He says, turn, O Lord. Deliver my life save me. Now listen, listen. Verse four, chapter six of Psalm. Listen to this point. This is so important. Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. The psalmist gets it completely right, pours it out, cries it out, yells it out, a little bit cussy right there on verse three. Maybe <laughs> I'm just reading into the Hebrew. Just in that exasperated moment again, leave me a Yelp review if you don't like that part of it. But, but he says, save me for the sake of your steadfast love. Where's his attention? How, what is he going for? Your love. I want you for the sake of your steadfast love. Verse five for in death. This is so perfect in death. There's no remembrance of you. That's a little melodramatic. And like he's saying, like if I die, no one's going to remember me anymore. And no one, I'm not going to be able to talk to you about you anymore. So it's a little melodramatic. He's like, I die because of this, right? In Sheol, or hell, who will give you praise? Again, a little melodramatic. I'm weary with my moaning. Sounds like a toddler. Just a little. It really does. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. night I flood my bed with tears. Oh, Emma, Emma, Emma. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. But this gets better. It gets better. Verse 6. This isn't the Bible. I'm flat out reading it from the Bible, you guys. I drench my couch with weeping. Do you now? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Drama much? All right, my my eye. Don't let her read this. She'll be quoting scripture, and you'll be. I should be like, I'm quoting scripture. (laughs) Don't let her read this one yet. Give her some really good stuff out of Revelation. were <laughs> <laughs> learned that, learn that about things. that's like a lot of scary stuff. anyway she'll like uh, give up. Verse seven, my eye waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my folks. Do you get it? Are you seeing what I'm saying? This this earnest cry, honest cry out to God. but what I love is this pivotal moment here in verse four, Save me for the sake of your love. We should desire relief, okay? Have that joy now. If our motivation is correct. Our tendency is desire relief because I want it done. All right. No, sorry, but how many of you have had a root canal before? I've had a few. <laughs> Couple of, oh my, my sister has never had a cavity. Wow. Never. <laughs> never had a cavity. I just got the teeth that I got straight ones, so she had that braces. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I love you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> kind okay, of anyway, whatever. <laughs> I shouldn't have said her name. Anyway, I love you. She'll never listen to my podcast. Oh, who knows? Maybe she will. We should desire relief for God's reputation and God's great name. I'm in the middle of a root canal. I want it to be done. If they stop right then, is that going to give me any ultimate relief though? No. i got to go through the rest of the thing. I not only have had a root canal, I've had major, major reconstruction surgery inside my mouth. Good times. That's really scary stuff. And bone grafts, the whole nine yards. Have you ever had a full-on tooth removed? And your doctor like basically stands in and she's put her foot on your thing and she's pulling like this, like it's that old time Western with that barber pole going around you're like, just bring out the, you know, mallet and hammer might as well. Yeah, and if she stops, right? Yeah. If she stops right there, the pain ends that moment, right? Uh-huh. That, that does it. Back. Exactly. Fast back. back. So we should desire relief from our trauma, our situation, our story, what we're going through. But we need to have it in God's time and be willing to submit to that. And it's for God's reputation and name to be great. Not for my relief to end. That's the difference. That's the point. And I want the relief to end. If you know my story, I've been through a lot. Most of you probably know my story. Um, I'll, I'll give you the link to it. It's on my podcast. But well, we should desire relief, not for my sake and my everything to be happy. But for that God's name will be made great. Next, we should confess. And we should be willing to get rid of sin in our life. And I get that's why I've made a point earlier about saying, don't stop pointing at the world and everybody else out there for the trauma and the trouble you're going through. Some of you are legitimately traumatized and trouble because you've got some serious world stuff going on in your life. I get it. I'm not dismissing that. But we need to have that honest, you know, hashtag check your heart moment too. You need to be like, God, check my heart. David was perfect at all this. Psalm 139 is exactly this. David spends most of the Psalm just amazed at how awesome God is. And then he's praising God, and God, you've done this, and you've done that, and you provided for me here, and you're, where could I go to hide from your spirit? I can't, because you're always there, and all the days are planned for me, are already ordained, you know, all of them, and all of a sudden Dave has, David, Dave,
1: <laughs> Dave
0: has this little moment. Dave says, <laughs> And you didn't even pay extra for this. <laughs> this is all part of the price of admission. Dave, <laughs> no, I can't even say it right in the middle of Psalm 139. Dave been praising God, and all of a sudden he's like, "Wait a doggone minute!" And he looks around and he says, "All these people out here are bad. If only you would slay the wicked," he says. "Away from me, you bloodthirsty man," he says. "And they speak of you with evil intent. God, your adversaries, your enemies out there—they're misusing your name." And then he gets all self just "Do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord?" Don't I abhor those who rise up against you? He says, I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Super dramatic, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like God gets him, hold him, and the Holy Spirit comes in, and he says, oh, search me, oh God, check my heart. And he has that check the heart moment. And he asked God to say, it, to tell him if there's anything offensive in himself. And ladies, that's what we should be doing as well. In those times when we're just ready to flip the table and be done and stamp out of the room like we really were a two-year-old, We've all had those moments. Get yourself and have that alone time and go back to that list I gave you. We are committed for community with God. Something broke on that chain of priority. Something is missing. And that's why you're, I'm on doing now. And I don't want to move to this moment. We're created for community with God. We're created for community with ourselves. We're created for community with each other. Easy and hard relationships. And we shouldn't be pointing the finger at the world. We're created for community within the world fascinating story happens when Moses leads his people out of the uh, wilderness and they loop around for 40 years of course and they finally make it Moses dies off they cross the uh, Jordan River and Joshua fits the battle of Jericho and all that and uh, they nail down uh, Jericho and then they head off to defeat all these other little Canaanite um, cities that are in the area And they're just killing it. They're doing great. They're just like storming through and killing them all. Exactly what God, it sounds so awful and horrible for us, but it's like, that's exactly what they needed to do. Those were bad, baby slaughtering, evil people. Then God was saying, good job, keep killing them. So they get to this one spot and they're like, man, we've had such a, a chain of success here. And this little town coming up is so small, we hardly even need to try at all to take care of business there. Uh, Actually, the town was so small, it was only big enough to have two letters on the entire sign for the whole town. It's called AI. It's the name of the town. literally says in the Bible, two letters, AI. So they send like a minuscule amount of people in there to go fight this town and they get in there and God says, hey, before you go, uh, make sure everything that's supposed to be uh, destroyed gets destroyed. Destroy the king. Destroy all the stuff and um, uh, make sure you save the good stuff for me and me only. And yes, we got it. God, we do that. So they go in and they completely um, get their clocks cleaned and they come home, it almost says literally with their tail between the legs, it says their hearts melted before them like wax in that story. And so they come out, and Joshua 7, it picks up, and Joshua tears his clothes. He falls face forward to the Lord. He's like, completely stunned at this defeat. And he said, what is happening? He says, alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever even bring the people across the Jordan River to deliver us in the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. He's having a moment, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Calgon, take me away. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country... We'll hear about this. Listen, listen to Joshua's heart, what he says, all those other bad guys out there are going to hear about this and they will surround us and they will wipe out your name from the earth. Who's Joshua concerned about God's reputation? Same thing from Psalm six, save me for the sake of your steadfast love. What then will you do God for your great name? What will you do for your great name? Joshua's trouble and Joshua's trial are all about God getting the glory to make it right. That's the attitude we need to come to with God when we're at that point of like, make it stop. God, just get on your knees. God, make it stop for your glory. Because if I'm a knucklehead and I'm irritable and I'm not handling this well and I should be and I confess that I will be, but your name's not going to be made great, what do I need to do? What's in my moment right now in this homework assignment of, of, a person you've brought in my life or these continual back to back to back to back situations you keep on bringing into my life that I need to lay down before you and submit to you. So the Lord says to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? And I love that because God could have said, again, always think about this. He could have said, you're right to be on your face. You deserve that because you guys blew it and you went in and you completely didn't obey what I said to do. So stay down on your face. He doesn't. He says, That's Stand man. up. What are you doing down there? Israel has sinned. They violated my commandment, my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They've they've taken some of the devoted things, they've stolen, they lied, they put him in their own possession. See what, by Joshua going in and having this moment with God, God's able to speak to his heart and tell him exactly what's happening. But he goes back to that relationship with God. Long story short, he ends up finding out this poor little guy, Aiken. He was Aiken later on. But um, he, did, I just couldn't resist. Well, how do you resist a name like Aiken? It's so easy. It's just like low-hanging fruit. you got to see So he ends up wiping out Aiken and his family, and even his donkeys. It's like, ooh, the donkeys too. Like, whoa. All right, so God wasn't messing around. All right, here we go. Instead of praying for relief, pray for God's name to be made great. Even if he never provides you relief. And that's a tough one. What if he never relieved? And what if the day that you said, "When is this gonna stop? I'm so tired of all this. I can't handle anything anymore," you got another big old thing tomorrow? What if he did? That's not realistic to say that. This side of heaven, you're not guaranteed. You know, to live in Cabo, you're not guaranteed some beautiful getaway, Calgon experience with you know your masseuse Carlos waiting for you to <laughs> peel, peel your grapes. Carlos so instead of praying for relief pray for God's name to be glorified and pray for wisdom in your moment pray for wisdom Moses did that he spends an entire psalm talking about God and God's power and how awesome God is and he says very philosophically he says our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures how many of you feel like that you're like oh how many more years have I got?" Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. The best of all those days are trouble and sorrow. And they quickly pass and we fly away. If only, listen, if only we knew the power, ready for what he says next? Of your anger. What? That's mean. I don't know the power of God's anger. Why didn't he say, if only we knew the power of your love? Ah, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. God's judging this world. Right? If only we knew the power of your anger, we wouldn't get our act together. <laughs> Turns out. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Oh, wow. That won't preach on Sundays in most California churches anymore. It won't. So what does Moses say? Teach us to number our days. That we may gain a heart of what? You know, the verse, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Wisdom. And I love, love, love Moses' next words. He says, relent, Lord. This is enough. Held on, take me away. I think it's in the Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. And this is when the love comes in. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. That we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years have we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Why? To glorify you. That's our mindset. That's what we should be thinking about. So let the situation that you're in, even if it seems like it's never going to end, let the situation at your end bring you to the feet of your Savior, your Redeemer, your God, and be okay with the wrath of God as much as you want the love of God. Because I'm telling you, you can't have one without the other. And I know we really want that cozy, um, Jesus, granola, hippy-dippy God that we see in the New Testament that a lot of people think of. But the truth is, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, the same God. So let the situation build character, like James reminds us, to consider it pure what? joy joy. my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces what perseverance or endurance depending on the translation you're reading and let that perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete see when you pray for it to end i need this to stop you're short-circuiting god's plan for you in your life number one number two when you constantly talk like that to your non-avocado worthy friends you're short-circuiting them as well, especially if they're not mature believers. If they don't know Jesus Christ and they see you as the only testimony of that, then that, you're, you're basically preaching some kind of a prosperity gospel to them. Like you're waiting for God just to make it right. And you're not guaranteed that, turns out. Here's the deal, ladies. If the gospel you're preaching can't be preached in a concentration camp in Auschwitz, if the gospel you're preaching can't be preached in Rwanda, if the gospel that you're preaching can't be preached in killing fields in Cambodia, if your gospel that you're preaching can't be preached to the people who are being slaughtered in Nigeria, the Christians, don't preach it. Your desire for relief should not be trumping the will of God and the purpose and plan of God. And you are not guaranteed that tomorrow is going to be any better than today. And I'm not saying that to you right now to depress you. I'm sorry to to you know, poke at you a little bit, but I want us to straighten up on this in the Word of God and get it right on this. We're not guaranteed tomorrow's sunnier. Tomorrow, crying out loud, California could slide off into the ocean, which will probably be best for California. (laughs) I mean, seeing as he let, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah got busted, don't you think we should have been all under salt by now? I I don't know. (laughs) Um, Again, Yelp review it. Um, (laughs) We... We have to stop with that mindset because it really shows a sense of entitlement that we have for God, that he owes us something awesome. And um, and he does, in a sense. We're not getting at this side of heaven, though. Any beautiful moment you have, any grandeur that you enjoy, any of the heights of any pleasure you could possibly experience is a blessing right now. But it's nothing compared to what we're going to have in eternity. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. So what Jesus said is his mission then should be ours as well. And when he got on the platform to really speak and to tell people that where he was at and what he was going to be doing, he quoted from the book of Isaiah. Do you remember that, that point? He opens the scroll that day, and this is what he reads. Listen to this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. That is Jesus' mission. To the people he was speaking speaking to that day and to us today who receive him. That he would bind up our broken hearts. But there is nothing in here about making our life how-gone-take-me-away moments. We're bound up in the moment that we're in, right? And that's you and having that relationship with God, you know, that community i talked about of having that fellowship with God one-on-one. So with that, I close my talk and, and encourage you, I hope, that the main the main most important thing we can possibly do is get ourselves oriented rightly with God's word and to stop letting the world's view of how life should be infect what we know it should be and could be. And we know that God's coming to redeem this world. We know that. And um, as Christians, we can encourage one another in that. We can stand by each other. We can hear the other person, and they're, are really rough days and you can be heard in your really rough days as well. But we, as Christian women, we need to be constantly pointing each other back to that truth. And I would encourage you also to rethink the kinds of things that you say out loud. If you do catch yourself in the future saying, when is it going to stop? I just wish this, end. this would end. Again, you're saying it in front of your avocado worthy friend. I get it. It'll happen. But say it less and less. Work on that. Think about what you're allowing to come out of your mouth because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. So that sense of entitlement, like this really should be over by now, should end. If that was true, then I would have given up on my marriage 25, 30 years ago, right? And it's been lollipops and sunshine, ever since that moment that I didn't give up. <laughs> 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 Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, it is not lollipops and sunshine. Um, and yet we're thankful for the times that, that it is. It's just about us coming to you and saying, God, you know what? Whatever you've got, we, we have you. We have life. We have your favor. We, we have e- eternity with you. And, and teach us to be wise with our, our days here. Help us to, to understand what you have for us to learn. Um, catch us and, and bring good, wise people into our life who will catch us and hold us accountable um, to be true to your word and to not be petty and not to, to have this sense of entitlement about it, but just to just say, Lord, you know what? In every situation, we're going to choose you. We're going to choose to know the truth, and we're going to have that joy because of it. Thank you that your Holy Spirit speaks to us in those moments when we need to hear it thank you for bringing good godly people into our lives to speak and help us to be those good godly people for one another in our communities as well go before us now in our marriages and our friendships help us to learn and to grow closer to you and to one another through the processes you are bringing us through and we ask your blessing on us now as we go in jesus name Amen. Amen. amen amen amen